as Christians, we, we all have our ups and downs. And, and I think part of the challenge of being a Christian is to grow in godly character. And one of those, one, as part of that character is our emotions, our moods, our feelings. And I, I really feel like I would like to challenge you a little bit in that area um, today. I challenge you in regards to maybe answering a few questions by the end of the, um, the preach. Around around the around the questions of, do you control your emotions or do your emotions control you? Um, do you base your work with God on an emotional experience, and are you using your emotions as a gauge or a guide in your life? And I think, believe you me, I don't have all of this figured out. I, I it's not something that I thought I would be preaching on. It's it's. I don't have all the answers, and I don't profess to have my emotional life as stable as you would think it would be. I just ask my wife. But I really do feel that God has put this on my heart for people here today. And, and no matter what you're walking through, I think the emotions and where we are can always be guided to, to the good and for God. Um, so firstly, let me start by saying emotions, feelings, what as a human being, is created and given to us by God. It's something so divinely His in us. It's, it's almost like we made by God, for God, and as part of it is to express and to feel all these things. I think in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 32 verse 41, it says, I will rejoice in doing them good, and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness, with all my heart and all my soul. That's God speaking. Rejoice. It talks about um, his, his soul, his heart. You see, we, our soul yearns for things, just like God's. God's soul yearns for things. He, he rejoices with us. He, he loves us to the point of death. But in the same way, he grieves over his people. He, he, he hurts when people turn away from him. He... he he, he is so moved by pain and, and, and prayer. And it's, such, it's so much to say that sort of when he, when he speaks about we are made in the image of God, we, are, we experience so much of what God maybe experiences in a different way, but there's the feelings inside of us which, which God has as well. And I think we need to be aware that this is, not, this is not just us. When you think you are in the worst time of all, just think God has been through it. God knows, God knows what you're going through. So we can take it to him to, to get it off our chest. Um, I think God displays that, that emotion uh, through Jesus as well. I mean, Jesus wept when he went to, um, to see all the pain of, of, of someone having lost a loved one. But I think the most... Um, the most key time we can see where Jesus was really at his emotional end was in the Garden of, of Gethsemane, just before the Pharisees were about to come and, and arrest him. And he was at a point, he was at a point where he was under terrible stress. Um, Stala spoke about the physiological aspects of sweating blood. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal stress of emotions. If we can put it up in Mark 14... He says, then they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit down here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be struck with terror and amazement and deeply troubled and depressed. 
And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sad, overwhelmed with grief, so that it almost kills me. Remain here and keep awake and be watching. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and kept praying that if it was possible, the fatal hour might pass from him. And he was saying, Abba, which means Father, everything is possible for you. Take away this cup from me. I'll stop there for now. How is that for an authentic, real relationship with God? I, this, is, this, is, this is God who, who knows his Father and is able to bring, bring, bring this to him and say, take this cup from me. It's, it's, almost, like, it's almost like he was saying, Lord, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go through what I'm going to have to go through. I don't want to go through all that, all that you said I have to go through. Because um, he, he knew that he was going to be he was going to be crucified. He knew he was going to be beaten, whipped, spat on, tortured. He knew he was going to have the sins of the world put on his life. He knew that God would forsake him. I'm sure that was probably the the biggest stress point. He knew that he would have to go down to hell to to wrestle back the keys of life. Uh, you, you see, th- there's such a real relationship in him going to the Father and saying. I don't know if I can handle this, Lord. I don't know if I can walk this path. I don't know if I can do this. But here's the amazing thing. Back to that scripture, please. He says, yet, not what I will, but what you will. You see, there's something so powerful in that. This is Jesus in his time of terror, his depression, his overwhelming grief. And he can still say to God, not, not my will, but your will. Um, you see, he knew that he was going to have to be crucified. He knew it was God's purpose for him. But almost like his emotions were trying to pull him away from that. It was almost like in that moment, the devil was trying to use these emotions to move him away from the purpose of, that God had for his life. And I think so many times as, as Christians, we need to be aware that our emotions don't always lead us to where God wants us to go and, and His will for our lives. I think, um, I think when sometimes when we have our emotions and we feel like retreating into these emotions, we need to ask ourselves, what is the purpose of this trial? What is the purpose of this thing I'm going through? And what is the devil maybe trying to keep me away from? And I think so many times as Christians, we walk away from God's will because... Of because of these emotions and they lead us away from God. Uh, just just bringing it back to some relevant points is many don't come to church because maybe don't feel like it in the morning. Um, another one is some don't walk into what God has for them because there's some fear in your life. There's a fear of the unknown. And God's almost saying, take that step. I'm there with you. I'm there. That's God's will for your life. And I think the more we can overcome these feelings and these emotions and gain a little bit of control and traction over these emotions, emotions uh, I think that's, that's God's purpose in, in, in bringing us into a little bit more truth of who he is. So I would like to talk about some, some key points on what emotions are. Number one, as I discussed, emotions are designed to try to move you and your actions in a certain direction. You see, the whole point in your Christian walk for emotions is to either move you towards God or 
the devil will try and move you away from God in those times. A lot of the times our, our, a lot of the times we are almost moved, moved away from our purpose and our destiny. Some of, some, some of the time we, we have things planned for us, but we don't walk through it because it might be a bit tough. And I think God is, is, is calling us to, to, to fight those emotions and to get, gain maturity over those emotions. My emotions, number two, my emotions impact my relationships. I mean, how true is that? Primarily your relationship with God, but also with other people. I think we... We underestimate what our emotions do in times, and a lot of the time it moves us towards faithlessness instead of faithfulness. And I think God is wanting us to to embrace our emotions, but embrace it in the right way. Um, number three, emotions fluctuate and are not always stable. Amen. <laughs> the ladies, are, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, how true is it? You, you, you wake up. You, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. I've, I immediately regret the decision. <laughs> um, but how often is it that you you wake up on the right side of the bed? You you're having a great morning. You're on your way to work. You don't get stopped at one traffic light. Believe it or not. You get to your office, you're having your morning cup of tea, walking to back to your, office, to your desk, and someone in the office says, did you see that email? And how often does that happen where you, you can be on such a high and doing so well, and then all of a sudden your day just goes. And it's, it's amazing how emotions can fluctuate in our lives and just change completely of who we are. Another, another example is you often leave church and you're completely buzzing, feel empowered to go ahead. And the next day you find yourself in a completely different place. And I think this is, this is what God's calling us to do, not to live out of an emotional experience, but to live based on the Word of God, who God is in our lives. Um, number four, emotions have a quick response. Okay, it's, it's quite obvious. You go through something or you feel something, it's not even have to be a big thing, but it happens like that. Um, James 1, verse 19 and 20, it says, Understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let everyone be quick to hear, be careful, thoughtful listeners, slow to speak, a speaker, a speaker of carefully chosen words, and slow to anger, patient, reflective, forgiving. For the resentment, deep-seated anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, that standard of behavior which he requires from us. You see, in, in James, he's pretty much saying, be quick to listen, so listen, but slow to speak. I think so many of us react like that, and it's almost like sometimes there's a snowball if, oh, Instead of perceiving, maybe taking some of the meaning out of what they were saying, because as soon as you react in a certain way, things can snowball and things can happen. And all of a sudden, a minor problem, which you could have brushed off and you could have had a, a, a restored relationship in something, is turned into a bigger deal and a bigger deal and a bigger deal. And then there's someone else is involved. And it's just, we are almost called to just... Be not like the world. Be not like 
okay, I'm going to react immediately. We need to be perceiving things. Okay, what, 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 is, what is the purpose of that comment? Okay, let me just not respond. Let me be the better person. Um, I, I loved, I was just thinking, and I loved, um, I've recently watched a little bit about John McEnroe. And if, if some of you know, John McEnroe was this unbelievable tennis player in the 80s and early 90s, but he had the most amazing temper. <laughs> and uh, he, he would argue with the umpire or the referee. Is it tennis umpire or referee? Umpire. Tennis umpire. And he would... <laughs> I'm a tennis player, but there's so many different... Um, but there's... Yeah, he would absolutely have a full go at the umpire, swearing at him, asking him to leave the, leave the facility and leave the tennis courts in a nice, in a, a worse way than I've just said it. But... In his autobiography later, he said, you know what, I let my emotion get the better of me on the court. I let my emotion in that time control what I, what I did. And I loved, I loved what he actually said is, in that moment, I didn't want to control my emotion. He almost said, you know what, that umpire deserved to be shouted at. How much is that in our relationship and so much of who we are is that person deserved to be shouted back at. That person deserved to have those things done to him. That person, I'm glad that person's having bad time now because did you see what they did to, to, to me there? And I think it's, it's so much built into our flesh, if you know. And I, I love what... Um, what Galatians 5, verse 19 and 21 speaks about the flesh and getting our own way. It says, It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. I love that. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket guards, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied once, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions." Ugly parodies of community. I could go on. I mean, that's, that's in the Bible. That's, that's, that's talking about our, our flesh taking control and letting our emotions just go with what we feel sometimes. And it, God's pretty much saying, get it under control. Get, get it under control because it does lead to some of that stuff. Um, and then number five their water sorry number five emotion and spirituality are not the same I felt God this was one of those things where he almost directly downloaded into me if you know what I mean so I just felt like he was telling me to so this is one of the things I wrote down he says we need to be careful and aware that our emotions are not the thing we hold as truth, but are there to reveal, artwork us to the truth. For example, in church there are moments when you feel so loved and the Holy Spirit is revealing God so clearly during worship especially. What we need to be very careful of though is that feeling and being in that moment 
is not the basis for the truth of being loved. You see, outside of that moment, outside of that feeling, outside of the accompany of praise, we should know that we are loved because it's based on the Word of God and that it says that I am and not that feeling. We can be going through terrible struggles and feel as far from that moment as can be, but we can stand firm on the Word of God knowing that I am loved, accepted. This is our spirituality, that we know that we know that we know we are loved and accepted in Christ. Not a head knowledge, but a built into our DNA, our heart. We need to be built up by us knowing who we are in God and standing on the word in situations, even when it's very contrary to our emotional state. I mean, that's, that's just the truth of who God is. He wants us to really be so grounded. It's almost like he's telling us God is a solid rock. Base your life on the solid rock because he doesn't want you to be wavering as if you're in the waves. It speaks about that in, as, as an immature Christian. He wants you to be based on the word. Know the word and stand on the word because there's power in that. I love what it says in... Um, uh, in Mark, it's, it talks about the parable of the sower. And it, uh, he goes on to say the seed was laid um, on different grounds. And going on from there, he, he, he starts to explain what it, what it meant. Um, if you go back. Yeah. The farmer plants the word. Some people are like the seed that falls on hardened soil of the road. No sooner do they hear the word than Satan snatches then Satan snatches what away what has been planted in them. And some of them are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word, they respond with great enthusiasm. But there's such a shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arise, arises, there is nothing to show for it. You see, if we're basing our Christianity on emotions and just the emotional experience, when difficulty comes and those emotions are completely turned around, there's the strong possibility of falling away and blaming God for what happened. Um, we'll get there a bit later. And then the next one. The seed cast in the weeds represents the ones who hear the kingdom news but are overwhelmed with worries about all the things they have to do and all the things they want to get. The stress strangles what they heard and nothing comes of it. But the seed planted, oh, I'll stop there, there will be worries in our life. There will be things which will happen to us which God says will happen that will try and take us off this path and distort the word and the, the love and the, the emotional experience which you, have, which you have felt. And it's so godly, those things. But it's just not, it's not as stable as, as basing your life on, on the word. And then the last one. But the seed planted in the good earth represents those who hear the word, embrace it, and produce a harvest way beyond their wildest dreams. There's something about us embracing this and making it who I am. Um, you see, because if all we have is an emotional, joyful time, we'll fall away. You might not fall away from, from coming to church. You might not fall away from attending church, but your heart kind of goes to a different place. I, I just feel like you, your desire, your hunger for God is affected, and almost so that we just go through the motions at times. Um, and number six, 
Emotions can be our best friend or our worst enemy. And this leads on a little bit of what Stala spoke about last week is there's, there's some emotions which we really just need to deal with. Um, one of them is disappointment. And I feel like I really want to cover this topic for, for a few minutes. Um, some of you would know, but my, my cousin Stevie, back in Johannesburg, I mean, this guy, we, we grew up together. We, him and his brother and myself, we, we would spend days after days together playing garden cricket, going on adventures, um, going to skate parks, believe it or not. Um, so just, yeah, we would just spend hours, any adventure we would be going on. And... Um, amazing guy, impacting God, impacting people for God in his school, changing lives. And he was actually on, a, on his way to a prayer meeting when he was 16 years old. And actually at um, Styler's dad's church, he was on his, on his way to a prayer meeting and there was traffic and he was overtaking and a car pulled in front of him. And he came off his car, came over it and broke one bone in his body and it was his neck. And that was 12 years ago. He's been paralyzed from the shoulder down. Um, just unbelievable. He's, he's had operation after operation, removing vital organs, pipes out of his body. It just, it, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it really just, why, how, what's happening in this time? Um, and... To see him and who he is and how he's come through it all, he's really just such a testament to, to, to being faithful in God. Uh, no matter what he walked through, he is still, I have no doubt he's been through hard times and he's been through these disappointments and he's really had to wrestle with God and ask him some serious questions. But to see where he is now, he is still serving God. He's still impacting people for God. There's, there's something which is not changed in his life. There's something which his life is built on more than his situation. And for me and his family, we've almost been through a, a journey which is similar in a way, but just, just yeah, there, there's been disappointment, which I've seen his life. I've seen where he was as a talented sportsman, just, just living life to the full and reduced to being in bed 24 hours, I had some serious questions with God. I'm like, God, but I've seen people healed from much less things. And what about Stevie? I, what about his neck? What about, what about his life? Why is their life more important than his life? This is something which can be easily dealt with, but this is something which is so big and so life-changing. And you know what? For the longest time, I would... I would struggle to pray for people who are sick, who were needing prayer for, for sickness. And isn't that just so much of what disappointment does? It starts to define our expectations of God. It starts to say, okay, my expectations are down here because this is where my experience is. And we start basing our, our, our lives on where our experience is instead of lifting our eyes to the Lord, to the God of the universe, who in his word says he is a God who heals, and start basing our lives on what the word of God says, because there will be disappointment. There will be things which don't make any sense, and there will be things which just 
take us away from even half believing in God. But God is just, he's there. I've, I've seen it in Stevie. He's been with him throughout the whole, throughout the whole um, journey. And I, I just, I feel like when people are going through things, we need to, we need to cling on to God with all we have. Cling on to his love with everything we've got and let him get through it. Because we do not know the big picture. We do not know the big plan at the end of the day. And all I know is that in that situation, in this time, we are on the wrong side of eternity. There is, there is heaven. There is, there is something waiting for us outside of this life that we're almost not at home in this place, if you know what I mean. There's, yeah, so it's just one of those things. And I think what the Lord was wanting to get out of that is there will be events in our life. It might be a broken relationship. It might be the loss of a loved one. It might be, it might be sickness in your body that will make you feel like the bottom of your world has come out from underneath you. It will make you question who you are, how you are in God, and everything you have. And if your life is based on emotional experiences and not on the solid word of God, there is a big thing for you to retreat in that emotion. I love what Starla said last week, is that when we're going through this, when we're going through these times, hold on to God's love. There's a, there's a purpose to the trial. There's a there's a purpose to, to something that's happening in your life. It, we, we do not accept it. We do not say that's God's will. We fight it and we try and go through it. But there's something about going through hard times and coming out at the other end, which is just makes us so mature. Um, yeah, I think... I don't think we always need to know what the purpose of things are. I think as us, our understanding sometimes is not there. Um, but what I do know is what we're speaking over our, t- over our life at those times is so important. You see, because words produce thoughts. Thoughts produce emotions. Emotions produce decisions. Decisions produce an action. Actions produce habits. Habits produce a character. And your character defines your destiny. You see, look at the top of the train, if we can just keep that up. At the top is the words. The word of God. If we're putting the word of God into our lives at that first stage, our thoughts, emotions, decisions, actions, habits, character, and destiny can become aligned with who Jesus is, who who God is, and who he says you are. I mean, there's so many truths in the Bible which, which describe who you are in Christ. There's, a, there's something about you being so constant in God through His Word. There's, if you want to be unwavering, get to know God's Word. Because in His Word, He talks to you about your identity. You are seated in heavenly places. You are, you are, a, you are a son of God. You are a child of God. He, he has good things placed. He has good things purposed for you. He has good plans for you. He has plans to prosper you and not to, not to harm you. There's, there's so much in the word of God that we can stand our lives on. And if we can speak those in that time, we are fully we are on the process of relying on God to get us out of it. There's, there's that love, there's that, that almost convincing yourself this is real that comes from those times. 
You see, and, and best of all, that when you do come through those trials, your life, where you find yourself is you're at a different place to when you started. You're at a place which God can sometimes use you so much more powerfully at that place than if you never walked through that trial at all. There's something about being faithful to God that is so attractive that no matter what I've walked through, I can be faithful at the end and you can, you can be a life changer. Number seven, you can have authority over your emotions. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, For God gave us the spirit not of fear but of power, love, and self-control. God has given us the ability to have self-control through, through Him. It's, it's not through ourselves, it's through Him. We need to rely on God because it says in the Word of God, I can have access to this authority. Not saying you're not going to go and have these negative emotions because they will come, but it's about channeling the negative emotions, the negativity in your life in the right, in the right way so that it's not leading you away from God's purpose, but it's drawing you towards Him. God uses anything for the good. You know, you, you might be working, walking through something horrendous, but it might not be his will that you're walking through that, but he can change it for the good. Any stage of those different thoughts, emotions, he can, he can, under, he, he can come in and sort things out at any stage. But what we need to be doing is feeding ourselves the right way. Um, yeah, I, I really did feel like God was saying that emotions only reveal a part of the truth of who he is, but it really is established by us getting into prayer, getting to know God, getting to know who he is, asking him these hard questions, asking him, having a real authentic relationship. You see, there's something about knowing God and having that intimacy with God that when, no matter if times turn, if, if times turn tough, that we can still stand on Him. It's, it's through prayer. It's through time in the Word of God, reading our Bibles, allowing the Holy Spirit to re reveal revelation to us and just giving Him time to soak into you. There's something about us being prepared and being in tune with, God, with, with what God wants. You see, because what develops when you spend so much time with God is you start having the heart of God. You start having... What breaks his heart, break your heart. And you start changing your mindset to, if it matters to God, it matters to me. And from that place, if we are walking out from that place, it's, it is powerful. And I believe God can use you so much more if you are in tune with who he is and who, what God's purposes are in those situations. Um, in Galatians 5.22, it talks about living God's way. It says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Can the band come up, please? Uh, I mean, 
there's something about being rooted in Christ. Uh, I think when Paul, with his writings, he always spoke about us being in Christ, in who Christ is, being found in Christ is in all his letters. He's just, he's telling his people, get to know God, know God, build that foundation of who you are in Christ. You see, there is power to overcome in that place. There's power to overcome in Christ, but we need to be in Christ. Colossians 2 talks about us being woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. When, then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. All the riches of treasure, of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. You see, it's all about God. We are made by God for God. And this is just... This is the Spirit coming out in us and just living that way and being rooted in Christ. You see, when we see who we are in Christ, our true identity, and are being rooted in this, we will no longer be led by our emotions. The devil does not want you to remember what Jesus has done for you. He doesn't want you to rejoice in the life that Jesus has given you. How quick we are to forget sometimes. You see, God is inviting us inviting you to know him more to show him how much more he loves you to blow you away in his life-changing love letting love take over fear not letting circumstance change the direction of of your walk with god becoming rooted in god building deep deep roots that are able to go down into the earth and find that life-giving water to make you stable in christ and to to be stable for yourselves for God but also for others I think that is what God is calling us into as a community let's build deep roots and let's just get to know who God is and how he loves us